0: This is the Spa Retailer Podcast, where we talk about retail, business, and all things related to the hot tub industry. I'm Megan Kendrick, owner of Spa Retailer Magazine.
1: And I'm Jeff Bailey, owner of Spring Dance Hot Tubs in Philadelphia.
0: This episode of the Spa Retailer Podcast is brought to you by Marquee. Welcome to part two of our talk with Justin Miller, the founder of Finn. If you haven't listened to part one, I'd encourage you to go back and do that first. But in this episode, we dive into the hot tub side of Finn and finish up with the Spa Retailer 10.
1: You talked about the pools and then you said you included the hot tubs. Talk about the differences between that. Was it? I mean, when we talk about hot water chemistry versus pool water chemistry, there really are two different worlds. How did that affect finn and the software that you were doing
2: yeah you know we were working with a major hot tub manufacturer very early on kind of in in concept mode and and they brought that up too like hey you know we're concerned that hot tubs you've got hot water chemistry and and a much smaller space. And so the changes can be very volatile. That was a big part of our design process early on, how we think about water chemistry and how our algorithms work, how the system works. For example, there are some systems who maybe test for water chemistry, you know, once a day. Well, when you're in a hot tub, (laughs) that that chemistry can change in in a matter of minutes. And so we actually are sampling the water over a thousand times a week. We're sampling every 10 minutes we're getting a new sample of the water. So even if you're in a hot tub and you get in and the water chemistry starts to change right away, we're seeing it change. That makes a big difference. Uh, So that's that's one of the key differences for for a hot tub is just the the rate of change and the volatility. And then you get a difference, by the way, when you have a a spa attached to a pool because you've got a, a quick change, but then it's part of the larger body of water as well. And, and things kind of revert back. And so you've really got to think about, is this a standalone hot tub? Is it a pool? Is it a hot tub with a pool attached and so forth? Because they all have kind of different water chemistry profiles. And so we've been fortunate to kind of build that in from the ground up and make sure that our product really works well in uh, all of those situations.
0: And you guys are working on an inline version for hot tubs too, is that right?
2: Correct, yeah, inline can be used for hot tubs as well as pools. Uh, but the idea is instead of having it float in the water, uh, you can have it just built into the plumbing. So it can be underneath the cabinet in the hot tub or on the equipment pad for a pool. and uh, So it's out of the way for the consumer and they still get all the benefits. And if you're a retailer or a service tech, you still get all the benefits of having fin on the pool or the hot tub, all the remote readings and remote monitoring and notifications and so forth and the consumer doesn't even have to worry about it floating around.
0: Has that been released yet or is that still in the in the testing building phase?
2: Yeah, we're in beta testing. So okay. all the development testing is is done and um now we're just in uh, a bunch of pools and hot tubs across the country right now doing our final beta testing.
0: Yeah, that's exciting because I think this is it's kind of funny because for some reason I mean I've worked in the hot tub industry for you know over 10 years and for some reason, I assumed that some systems already did this. Like if you looked at your hot tub control <laughs> panel, that it would tell you what your what your water chemistry is, but that is not the case and that has never been the case. <laughs> and yeah. so it's really exciting to think that, you know, that is on the horizon where maybe it's not yeah. on your control panel, but on your phone, which is even better. You can look and see, you know, this is actually what your chemistry is at and what you need to add.
2: Yeah, it's been kind of, I think, the holy grail for a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of companies, because when you talk to consumers, their number one complaint, their number one concern about buying a hot tub is, I'm not sure I know how to maintain it. I'm concerned about the water chemistry and so forth. This really alleviates that. And so we've been working with some hot tub companies like, um, like Nordic, for example. Uh, they're already making fin-ready hot tubs. So the hot tubs are coming plumbed with a tap where you can just screw the fin in so it comes inline. That's really exciting for them and for us because it enables consumers to just get rid of that worry. And like you said, they can check the water chemistry from anywhere in the world on their phone.
0: It's pretty exciting and it's something that has been a long time coming for the industry. And so it's good to see it finally making it out there. But it also makes recommendations, right, on what chemicals to add and how much you need. And how does how does that part work when you have a hot tub and it says, hey, your you know, your sanitizer level is low, what is it what does it tell people to do?
2: Ah, good good question. So what we're what we do is we actually work with the chemicals you buy at your store. And so when we say you need to add chlorine or bromine, for example, we'll actually allow the consumer to use the mobile app and scan the barcode. On the bottle of chemicals they're using and um, we read that and we compare that with our database we say oh for this chemical you need to add you know two ounces in order to adjust your your balance and we're constantly expanding that database of chemicals always adding more every every day in fact but the idea here is you use the chemicals you buy in a store we give you exact dosing for that chemical and then when you need more The mobile app actually has what we call a shopping list that you can say, oh, I need more uh, pH down and I need more chlorine or bromine, etc. You can add all those chemicals and you send it back to the store. So the store can actually get the list of chemicals you need, prepare it for you, and you can just stop by and pick it up or work with the store and have them ship it to you. It's one of the services we provide to the stores that... Sell fin,
0: Jeff. You guys sell fin or have sold fin in the past? Is that right? Is that is that something that you have tried before to get people to come back to buy chemicals from you? We
1: are actually in the process of just rolling it out. We brought in a few hundred of them, and we're trying different things within our valet end of the business to be able to have it as kind of a platinum service for our valet customers, and it allows us to know in advance when we go out what exactly we're going to need to do to take care of the spa. Or what problems we can anticipate because we can have everything on a dashboard, which I'm sure, Justin, is something you guys plan just for that type of thing. Exactly.
2: And I think this is something that's, that's pretty unique, not just in this industry, but maybe any industry, is the idea that when a retailer is selling this product, it's not just a product you sell and get, um, you know, get margin from. It's actually a product that makes your business better because we have all of this data from every fin that's out there and consumers can share that with the retailer. The retailer is getting unparalleled access to information about the the pools and hot tubs that they're uh, maintaining or servicing or helping their consumer with. So as Jeff said, we have what we call the partner portal. You can see the water chemistry for all of the pools and hot tubs that your customers are using uh, in, and see where there's problems, get notifications and so forth. Uh, which is really valuable, not only for the the retailer, but also for the consumer, because they're getting help. And that's really what they want from their retailer. And it's really one of the things that sets the retailer apart from, you know, a a place like Amazon or some other online store is that that personalized custom service that their local retailer can give them. And and Finn really helps that, that local retailer do that.
1: You know, it really does come back to that pain point of caring for the hot tub and being able, you know, nothing's more frustrating when somebody comes in and tells you at the counter of your stores their problems and you don't have anything to work with. You have nothing. They're they're standing there telling you about it. And without it, they don't even have a sample of water with them. Uh, that you can test, and then when they do, it's been sitting in their car for three days. You're absolutely right. That's a really great tool. So we're we're in the process, Megan, of rolling it out and seeing how we can do. There were some things cleaned up. I think it's appropriate to mention that, like any new product that comes out, there were some you know people that were t- selling it a little lower than it should have been sold, and all those those things are corrected for people that are thinking of bring the product uh, on. Um, there's a lot of good dealers listening to this, and that's something that they they should consider and know they uh got that under control and things are protected very well and that's I'm I'm sure Justin that's uh, very important to you.
2: Yeah, that was uh that was a big focus for us. I think when um, when we initially launched there were some um Like like you said, some people listing it for less than map price, which makes it difficult for other retailers. Some of the initial hardware wasn't as great um, in terms of uh, longevity as we'd like. It it worked, it was reliable and accurate, but people wanted it to last longer. And of course, we have a a 100% guarantee if the unit ever fails, we replace it for free. Consumers weren't frustrated by that too much. But retailers didn't like having to kind of, you know, to have to deal with that. And so that's part of why the new hardware that we've done with Hayward has been so great and, and so well received. And then getting the pricing right and making sure that people are seeing it the same price, whether it's in the store or online, has really helped a lot of folks. And I think whenever you're a small company and you're starting up, there's always going to be mistakes and issues. And I think one of the things that, that we're proud of is our ability to react, respond, and and address those things and just keep improving continuously, whether it's pricing or support for a number of chemicals or whatever, and then standing behind our product. And we've had a lot of people write in that they really appreciate that if there's ever a problem, we're here and that they know we're not going away and we are going to take care of it and make sure that everything's working as great as it can be. And that's that's true for consumers, it's true for service techs, it's true for retailers. We're here to help make their business better by giving them the tools and the capabilities that really they never had before. And you talked a little bit about the partner portal and I think for, for folks who haven't seen it before, when a customer walks into your store, you can pull up their data and you can see charts and graphs showing their water chemistry over you know 90 days if you'd like and how it how it adjusts throughout every day. That way, even if they don't bring in a water sample, Or if they do, you can really see what's going on. You can see what actions we're recommending. You can uh, recommend your own. You can see what chemicals they're using. And that's, that's another really interesting feature that retailers have been excited about is because a consumer is scanning the chemicals that they're using, we're collecting all that information and we're making it available to you as the retailer. So you can see, for example, that, oh, this person is using a poor quality chemical And you can warn them that this might be causing some of their problems and you can then let them know that you sell, for example, a higher quality chemical and why they should buy it from you. Not to mention the fact that we recommend things like, you know, regular maintenance that really helps them maintain their water chemistry and enables you to kind of continuously sell the chemicals that that you know people need to keep their water balanced.
0: That's a really interesting, I I mean, I didn't realize that it would let the retailer see that information as far as what chemicals their customers are using, because that's great, because then you can actually see who and where you're losing those sales to. Um, I mean, we all assume it's, you know, big box stores and Amazon, but what if it's the guy down the street, you know? I mean, it's, it's pretty interesting that you can look at that and see what they're using and where they're going to buy them.
2: Exactly. And, and the way our system works is when a customer buys fin, we identify what store they purchased it from. And that store that sold the fin is the store that gets all that data. And so it's really a benefit to the stores to sell fin because then they start collecting all that data about the chemicals that are being used and so forth. And that's also the store that is the default for when a customer wants to buy more chemicals. That's the store we send them
0: to. I think, Jeff, you kind of brought up an interesting point, too, because, you know, on the pool side, the idea of you know, a service company that goes out and does weekly regular maintenance and water care on a swimming pool is, is pretty common. And that's been the way it is for, for many, many years. But for the hot tub side of the industry, it's still a relatively new Concept. Some stores like Jeff's do that and do valet service where they take care of customers' hot tubs every month. But there's a lot of people out there who still aren't doing that. I think it's interesting that that was what attracted you to Finn was for that valet service versus just putting on the shelf and hoping that someone buys it. You really are going to try to get as much value out of it as you can.
1: Yeah, you know, you bring up a good point, too. And, Justin, I'd like you to speak to this. When it comes to who's the buyer, this point, and it goes back to how this product is evolving, there is some techiness to it, right? I mean, Justin, it's not, you got to know your customers and who's going to use it to the best of their ability, so to speak. It's very simple, but it's also very technical. You know, People who can't work a cell phone are not going to be able to use this product the same way. Would you agree?
2: It, It requires a smartphone, right? So if you've got an Android device or an iPhone, you're fine. If If you don't have one of those, then you're right. This is going to be too technical for you. Now that said, we tried to design it very simply. We don't share, for example, I'll, I'll give you an example here. We don't tell people how many millivolts their ORP is because we think most people don't really care or want to know. They, what they want to know is, is my water okay or not? Do I need to add chemicals or not? And if so, which ones and how much? and that's what we try to right. focus on rather than the the technical. Now obviously if you're a if you're a service tech, uh there's maybe some more detailed information you want and we can actually give that to you based on, you know, are you a service tech or are you a consumer? But at a high level, we're really going for simplicity because even if you're a service tech and you know if you're managing hundreds of hot tubs or or pools or thousands of them you really want things boiled down and made very simple, right? Which ones do I have to go after and which ones don't I have to go look at right now? And I think one of the things that, um, has really resonated with the service professionals we've talked to is, you know, they're being hired to make sure the water is always good. And they really like the fact that with Finn, they can monitor all of that remotely. And let's say someone's on a weekly service, Uh, or a monthly service you pick, if you're paying the company to take care of the water, the company now knows, oh, I don't have to wait till the end of the week. I can go now uh, because this one is starting to go bad and I better take care of it right away. Or, hey, this one's okay. It can wait a day. I'm going to go take care of this other one instead. And um, it really allows these service professionals to provide a higher quality service uh, to their customers.
1: Exactly. Yep. That is exactly right. And again, you can get it paid for through a premium program where you're offering a premium service or a platinum service for a spa ballet and makes the people feel special. We're excited about it. Our friends from Lanza, which is now something else.
0: <laughs> yes, I haven't. I still need to relearn the the new name as well. I haven't quite got it down.
1: <laughs> Native Water Care. So those guys are, are terrific. Up and down in that company. And those guys have done, um, have been integral in talking us into bringing in many, many of these units.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's a great group of people there. And uh, they, like I said earlier, they have been great supporters from the beginning. Uh, and really helped us honestly evolve the thinking around this and and what we could do and and help make Finn what it is today.
0: You know, you mentioned that you guys, you know, way back at the beginning, that you didn't want to be a disruptor in the industry. But I'm curious, like, as you got to know more about the pool and hot tub industry, were you kind of thinking that this would be more of a consumer facing product at the beginning? And then you, once you got to know the industry better, you realized that it would maybe have better success if you Partnered with people in the industry. Did you did you kind of have to change your your mindset on that a little bit?
2: So when we started, we started with a direct to consumer approach. Yeah, um, where we were selling on our website and we were going directly to consumers. We realized, you know, in conversations with the industry. The in, everyone in the industry, like like you were saying earlier, was like, oh, my God, this is great. The industry really needs this. We really need this. And so for me, that wasn't a signal for disruption. That was a symbol, a signal for partnership opportunities. So we then pivoted a little bit to say, you know what, we're going to look at how we get into retail. And that migrated to all of these partner tools that we created for retailers because you know when you have a product like ours and you, you don't just have to sell it like any other product you actually have all this data you can make it a a much different thing that really revolutionizes retail. We started creating those partner tools for retailers. And in talking with service professionals, it's the same kinds of data that they need. And so we then morphed our partner tools to become not just retail tools, but really tools for all partners, whether you're a builder, a manufacturer, a distributor, a retailer, a service professional. This data in in some degree or another is all very valuable to you. And and being able to better serve your customers and become more profitable is really in everybody's best interest.
0: We're gonna take a quick break and when we come back, we are going to hit Justin with the uh, Spa Retailer 10. (laughs) Marquis Vector 21 Hot Tubs feature Vector Optimized Laminar Therapy, V-O-L-T, which delivers up to 40% more flow volume, specifically engineered to achieve laminar flow variable velocity valves V3 throttle 0 to 100% of the available water flow between multiple seats or to only one seat Conal jet pods are softer on the skin surface directional jet pods offer more targeted sensation to the muscle mass orbital jet pods rotate dynamically to create a kneading sensation specialized massage seat configurations include deep tissue relaxation shiatsu or swedish massage The Whitewater 4-Jet is a high-flow therapy innovation located in the footwell to enhance the benefits of leg and foot massage. Visit MarquiseBoss.com for more information.
1: You can't say Basking Ridge, New Jersey, but where is your favorite vacation spot? (laughs)
2: Um, you know, so I have a few, I really enjoy variety when I travel. Uh, obviously I like beaches and things like that, but, uh, I think one of my favorite vacation spots for myself and my family is actually Switzerland. I lived there for about a year and a half when I was working at eBay. We try to go back every other year or so to visit because we enjoy it so much.
0: Nice. How about your favorite restaurant or food? We don't have to, one or the other.
2: (laughs) Uh, again, I'm a big fan of food, so <laughs> um, I like a lot of them. I love Italian food and so forth. Uh, there's a there's a place near our house though uh, called La Fondue that is a fondue restaurant with cheese and chocolate fondue and so forth, and uh, that's uh, that's a big favorite. Of course, I also like a good steakhouse as well.
0: So. La Fondue. That's great. I, I never would have guessed a Fondue restaurant. That's <laughs> that's, that's fantastic.
2: <laughs> well, next time you're out here, I'll show I'll
1: show you around. There you go. You did work at NASA and Comcast and some of these companies are pretty amazing. What was your first real job? Well, so
2: my first real job, I you know, I went through college, switched majors a lot, and it wasn't until my last semester of college that I kind of figured out what I wanted to do with my life. I got a job out of college working for AT and T, doing that, and it was it was user experience uh, design and usability testing, and basically, it was how to create products for people and how to make people better at at their job. And it was a it was kind of a new industry. If you have a moment, I will take uh, two minutes to tell you a story of uh, how I learned how the industry started, which was during World War II, aircraft were coming back from, from the war and they were crashing upon landing. They would be coming in for landing and they would just crash. And they started investigating this and they figured out that these were planes that were undamaged. Everything was fine with them. And as the pilots were approaching the runway, the plane would just drop out of the sky and crash. They couldn't figure out what was wrong and they did a bunch of analysis and they determined that the plane was operating exactly as it should. The the real problem was inside the cockpit, there was a, a metal rod, this green metal rod, and that was the rod that would put the wheels down. Right next to that was another green metal rod that looked identical and that changed the flaps of the airplane. And when the pilots you know, we'd been flying this long mission, difficult mission, they'd come back after a number of hours, they were tired, they'd reach over to put the wheels down so they could land, and they accidentally grabbed the wrong lever, and they crashed the plane. What they realized is the plane was doing everything right, but the design of the plane made it difficult for people to to use it correctly. And that, I realized, was what I was very interested in. And so how do you design a complex system to make it easy for people? So that's what I started doing at AT&T. And then, uh, like I said, went to graduate school at Rice in, in Houston and started doing the exact same thing for, for NASA. So that, I guess, at and counts as my first real job.
0: You didn't uh, deliver pizzas or anything during college or high school?
2: <laughs> well, we, we have to real jobs. So. <laughs> um, no, I did, when I was in high school, I actually worked in a pharmacy. Um, oh, okay. So I did that for a little while. I don't know if that counts as a real job
1: or just kind of a high school job.
0: Well, you right? got, I mean, you got a paycheck. That's got to count for something, right? <laughs> That's
1: true. That's true. <laughs> was that back in the day when they had uh, all the greeting cards there in the pharmacies? The, uh... you,
2: although this was uh, this was a small pharmacy that was really, it wasn't a big retail store. It was really a drugstore where you went in yep. and got your prescriptions filled. A little bit of over the counter and that
0: was about it. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember your first sale for Finn? What your first customer or partner or, or the first person who bought one from you?
2: Yes, yes, it was. Uh, it it surprised me. So we launched the website in May. I guess it must have been two thousand and fifteen. So we we hadn't even had a. Uh, we just had contractors helping us out, um, and we we launched our website, and then we were going to have a big press announcement June first. So. No one knew about us. We hadn't told anyone about it. June 1st, we had our big first article. I think it was in TechCrunch and so forth, announcing the thing. Uh, And so we had the website kind of launched a week early just to kind of do a shakeout and make sure it was working and so forth. And all of a sudden, an order came in. uh, And it was a lady in Louisiana who somehow found us even though no one had ever heard of us, and she placed an order, and uh, we were shocked and surprised and loved it.
0: <laughs> that has to be so exciting to get that first to get that first one.
1: Yes, absolutely. Justin, if you weren't doing this, what would you do?
2: You know, I love innovating new products uh, and technology. So. I would be at some company, probably some, you know, large company, you know, like Apple, Comcast, et cetera, working on innovating to make the next great thing.
0: So it doesn't have to be at Finn, but can you think of a time where you had an idea or a product or something that was kind of, that just did not work out the way that you thought and ended up kind of being a flop?
2: Yes, yes i was at i was at comcast and and uh you know we were the innovation center so we were tasked with innovating all sorts of stuff and and there was a couple of things we designed and built and launched that i thought were going to take off more than they did one of them was a product that integrated with um facebook and it allowed you Uh, you know when your friend has a birthday you know everyone writes happy birthday on their on their wall and just kind of posts happy birthday and it's great because all these people you haven't heard from or seen in a long time wish you happy birthday and it makes you feel great so it's very broad but shallow kind of you know you get two words maybe three if they add your name and so we came up with this idea where everyone could just video themselves on their cell phone saying happy birthday or whatever they wanted to say and then we would aggregate all that into um, a video of all of your friends saying "Happy Birthday" and then post that on your wall, on you know, for all your friends. And we thought this was going to be terrific, and and we we played around with it, and we all loved it, and everyone loved getting a video <laughs> of all of their friends saying "Happy Birthday" from wherever they were in the world. And then when we launched it, it just never really took off. We ended up canceling it. It kind of surprised me because I thought it was uh, I thought it was a great idea to bring a little more depth and personality to something that I thought could use it.
0: That's interesting because I feel like Facebook has kind of done that a little bit now with, you know, they do kind of the year in review things where you can look back at all the stuff from you posted from the year or if you have a friend anniversary, you get to see pictures that they put together a slideshow of your friendship. So, it's not quite the same thing, but it's like I feel like they're kind of They're kind of sort of doing that now in their own way.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They've moved into this and we had showed them this idea back in the day and they thought it was great too. I think what we discovered when we kind of looked into why it failed is a lot of people, if they were going to video themselves and get it onto Facebook, they wanted to get themselves done up to look good and they didn't really have the time to do that for everyone's birthday. Sure. Using pictures that were already there uh, as Facebook is doing now is is a good idea.
0: Okay. All
2: right.
1: My wife has told me that when you post a video, very few people respond. But when you post a picture, tons of people. So it's almost like a patience thing too, right? Yeah. Yeah. People just don't want it. You know what? You said it early, Justin. They're kind of shallow. <laughs> so, or, it's I didn't mean people were shallow.
0: <laughs> if you can't tell, Justin, uh Jeff does not have a Facebook page.
1: <laughs> By that, I'm not. I'm just saying that you know it's sort of like back in the day when people figured out they could sell, send all their contacts like a. Merry Christmas. And you thought it was so great until you realized, no, they sent it to everybody on their phone. Right. <laughs> right. So anyway, all right, where are we at next? What's the, what's, um, what's the best idea, biggest game changer or you've ever made in your business?
2: Well, I think starting it is probably a good one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, you know, this is, um, I, I remember talking to some venture capital firms before we, before we started the company, I, I had been, thinking about, Hey, should I, should I do this? Or should I go work at a company? And I was talking to some venture capital firms, um, about joining them or getting placed into one of their companies and so forth. And, you know, one of them said, well, what else are you considering? And I said, well, I'm, I'm thinking about this. And I, and I described the product idea to them and they're like, yeah, you should go do that. That's really good.
0: <laughs> wonder if that's, if you're, it's going to be the same answer for the next question, which is what's the scariest leap of faith you've ever taken in business or in your, in your personal life? Is it starting the company? Or is there something it, else that was scarier?
2: <laughs> yeah, no, it's absolutely starting the company. Um, You know, and and actually maybe it's not starting the company. Starting the company is easy. Keeping it going is really hard, you know, because when you start the company, there's not a lot of investment that you personally have already made into it. But after you're growing, you're adding people, you've got employees, you've got a lot of people counting on you, not just yourself. And you don't wanna let, you know, all those people down. You don't want to, all your investors and so forth. So continuing that, putting more money in personally, we got to that situation where there were some times where we were within hours of running out of money, and I was constantly just chasing it down and making sure that we could keep the company going. That's the scariest. That's been the scariest time. Mm-hmm. Starting it was easy because you know there's not a lot of danger at that point. You can always go do something else if it doesn't work. But once you're up and running, keeping it going, uh,
1: that's that's scary.
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: And uh, you mentioned mentors. Uh, any anybody in particular that stands out?
2: Yeah. Yeah. There's a guy I used to work for at eBay, Andre Haddad, who's now running Turo, which is a, a car kind of sharing platform. He really helped me on, on multiple levels in terms of seeing the big picture, understanding how I was, what I was doing, how I was being perceived and so forth and how I could adjust what I was doing to really help myself and everyone around me and as well as help the company. You know, it's it's sometimes rare when you get people who speak honestly and give you the difficult feedback that's sometimes hard to say but really can change your world
0: last question do you have a favorite it can be either a favorite book or television show or podcast what is what's kind of your favorite your favorite entertainment you know
2: that's I, I haven't had a favorite TV show in in a while and recently I keep thinking about a show that I wish was on because it's on a season break right now and I'm, I'm like I can't wait for the season to start. And I think that probably qualifies as I'm I'm in love with this show. Um, <laughs> and it's the marvelous Mrs. Maisel.
0: Oh my gosh. Yes. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad that I binge watched the last season so quickly because like you, I was just so disappointed that it was over.
2: Exactly. I've, I've been waiting for it to start again, and I, I've been trying to get other people to start watching it, and, and it's kind of my excuse to go watch it again. So with them, now I'm like, oh yeah, you should watch this. Here, I'll watch it with you.
1: <laughs> What's it about? The main
2: character is uh, starts off as a, uh, a housewife who has it all in, I guess it's the 1950s in New York. I don't think I'm giving too much away by saying in the In the middle of the first episode, she basically loses most of it. Uh, Most of the, she has everything. And um, essentially, you kind of see her morph into a comedian. uh, And it's very funny. And it's a great show.
0: That's an Amazon Prime show.
1: How are these channels going to make it like the traditional TV? It's just incredible that they talk about funding Justin and all these different things and how like, <laughs> people can make these movies and do all these things and my daughter works in that industry in California and it's just amazing when she tells me like the different things they're working on it's it's incredible
2: every everything is changing whether it's you know retail how that works and and how people buy or entertainment where do people get their entertainment from constantly evolving and i think for me that's exciting thinking about how it continues to evolve and i think for a lot of folks, thinking about how they can take advantage of that rather than get taken advantage of makes a big difference. Uh, you know, it used to be there was three networks and then there was yeah. cable and now there's the internet. And I think <clears throat> I gave a talk at, at one of the um, pool and spa shows maybe a, two years ago about automation and how things like like Lightfin and others are changing the world. And, you know, an example I gave was automatic sprinklers. And it used to be that you'd hire a gardener and he'd come out and he'd hold a hose and he'd kind of spray your lawn to water it. And then there became sprinklers and then there became automated sprinklers uh, with timers. And, uh, you know, gardeners would say, oh, my God, what's this going to mean to my my livelihood? And the good ones became the ones that actually sold the automated sprinklers and installed them and maintained them. And they found that they could actually help their business and they became more profitable because of these kinds of automation tools. And I think that's the same thing we're going to be seeing uh, that we're already seeing, right? You saw it with pool cleaners, uh, the automatic pool sweeps where service techs thought this was going to, you know, eliminate their jobs. But no, the good ones actually sell it, they maintain it and and it helps their business. And I think we see the same thing with Finn now. And I think we'll continue to see that whether it's in entertainment or the pool industry or anywhere else is that the companies and the people that, can take advantage of these new things are going to do really, really well.
1: You know, Justin, I, I was sitting in a meeting recently with a, a best practices group that gets together every six months and we share our numbers and we just talk about little things, but we can interrupt each other. There's about 12 businesses in there and say, wait, wait, what did you say? You know, and we we just take our notes and we, we were like, we're going to try that when I get back. And one of them was this simple plastic It's not even motorized. It's you set it to the gallons and you put it on the hose. And so we do a hundred draining cleans a month, easily a hundred. You have to drain, it's draining. It's one thing filling it. It takes forever. So because somebody talked about this $13 device that they sell at ACE hardware, I got them and I I sat down the guys and I said, listen, you're going to all do three draining cleans a day at $300 a pop. This is for me, right? I've, I've, it's the customer's water. They're paying $300 for us to wipe it down, fill it up, and we were able to get an extra one. And I said, if you do every, every, if you get three done a day and we clump them together and they can go to the one, fill it, go to the, go to the next one, drain it, start filling it, go to the next one, drain it, start filling, it, go back to the first one, top it off, do everything that you need to do. Now I got them doing, you know, $1,200 or uh, $900 a day. When we run these specials, I gave them 10 bucks for each. If they could get three done a day, they got an extra 30 bucks, you know, and, and we're killing it, you know, <laughs> the ninety percent margin. it's crazy. But it's, innovation is so key, so key.
0: I think that's a I think that's a great note to end on. Um, thank you, Justin, for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. I know we had a we had a, a lot of back and forth getting things scheduled. So you know, thanks for being flexible and working with us. And good luck with Finn. I mean, we're excited to see how how things continue and how you guys keep growing.
2: Thanks
1: very much. It's been my yeah. pleasure. It was awesome talking to you. Thank you.
2: Thanks. You too.
0: Spa Retailer Podcast is produced by Spa Retailer Magazine. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SpaRetailer.com, and the Spa Retailer app. Please leave us a review and let us know what you think, or email us at at podcast.sparetailer.com.